Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, today, ironically, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this uh, interesting celebrity by the name of Tyrese Gibson. Tyrese Gibson is in the middle of a really nasty divorce battle, a crazy child support situation. And uh, I wanted to kind of talk about this because uh, when I wrote my book, Financial Lovemaking, years ago when I was on the faculty at Syracuse University, uh, one of the things I found is that uh, when you put yourself in weird relationship situations, that will have a massive, massive impact on your wealth. Uh, I'm going to break all that down for you and explain to you how uh, picking who you lay down with is going to impact your finances. And I'm going to explain it to you precisely. So get comfortable. Uh, let me know if you guys can hear me. Okay, give me a yes in the chat. You can hear me. And also buckle up seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to say hello to everybody uh, who's watching from anywhere in the world. Shout out the city you're from. Let me know what city you're from. Uh, also, uh, welcome to everybody on TikTok. My TikTok is Boyce Watkins. And also, uh, there's a further conversation on my Instagram. My Instagram is Dr. Boyce Finance. So if you want to follow me on the gram, uh, hop over there and we will uh, continue this conversation. Uh, so today, uh, I wanted to, first of all, greet you and say hello, Realm in the Bush, Julia Michael Watkins, good to see you, brother. Christina Little, uh, Sons360, I see you. Uh, shout out the city that you're from. Also, give me a yes. Let me know you guys can hear me okay. Let's do a quick audio check. Let me know you can hear me okay. Uh, we were live last night, and some of you asked, like, well, how do you how do you work so much? How are you always how are you always doing something? And uh, a lot of it just really comes down to time management. Uh, time, your time really is your money, uh, except it's more valuable than money because once you lose all your time, you can't get that back. You can get money back, but you can't get time back. So don't waste your time, people. Just be be really efficient and only put your time into the things that matter to you. All right. So uh, thank you, Linda Randall. She says audio is good. Donisha is out of uh, San Francisco. D. Fernando out of Louisville. Kimya out of, out of Los Angeles. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. We're going to do a stock options summit in Los Angeles uh, in January. So uh, stay posted. Uh, and in fact, uh, one way to stay connected and also get um, lots and lots of uh, stock selections, things like that, and uh, things that can help you is uh, text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996. I'll send you a list of AI stocks that I really like uh, because I really want you to be wealthy. I want you to be happy and I want you to succeed. So uh, let's hop into the conversation for today. Uh, so the actor Tyrese Gibson, uh, who is a super talented singer and uh, just, you know, apparently he's, he has a way with the ladies. He's going through a crazy divorce situation with his ex-wife, Samantha Lee. Now, Samantha, I, uh, I, I, did, I did not know much about her, but she does have a YouTube channel that's very popular, and she's very good at what she does. Uh, her content's good. I, I subscribe to her channel. I think it's great. Um, you know, and so anyway, um, their divorce is a mix between a custody battle, a child support battle, 
and just some flat out ratchetness and it's messy. And, uh, and there was just a recent update this week uh, where the judge uh, ordered him Tyrese to pay a bunch of money, uh, I think for a bail or bond or something. I don't know. I don't, I, but I didn't, didn't seem like he was in jail or anything, but anyway, it, it, it and this is all stemming going back from when Tyrese was asked to pay a, a lot of money for child support. I'm going to say over $10,000 a month. And he referred to his ex-wife as, I think he said, gold digging greedy bitch or something like that. Something to that effect, right? Now, um, here's the thing. I think they have a child together, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and this is uh, makes me sad. Uh, you know, black chaos in relationships makes me really sad. And I'm not, an, I'm not pretending to understand everything, right? I'm not pretending to be an expert on all of this. Um, uh, you know, my wife, now my wife, she isn't, you know, she doesn't know a lot about this stuff. This She actually counsels individuals and couples and families on how to keep their relationships together and how to minimize the drama by dealing with the trauma. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that undiagnosed, untreated trauma is the number one barrier to black family and black wealth in our community. That's our number one problem. That's the thing we got to fix. And I'll put our website up here if you want to go take a look and see what she does. She's written books on this, all kinds of stuff. She's a full professor. She's very smart. So feel free to coaching with Dr. Alicia.com. That's her website. But anyway, uh, I'm going to give you kind of a, a finance professor perspective. Now, you guys know I wrote a book called Financial Lovemaking. Uh, it's available on Audible and, and Amazon. And in this book, Financial Lovemaking, one of the things that I concluded definitively is that a big chunk of the reason that black wealth drops and the big chunk of the reason that black wealth can't be built, a big chunk of the reason that black wealth can't ever even come into existence in a lot of families is because of relationship drama. Uh, do you guys know how much, how expensive divorces are? Do you know how expensive it is? Is anybody, give me a yes. Um, I'm going to tell them myself. I'm an 18 year veteran of the child support system. Uh, so, so is anybody else, anybody else ever paid child support or anybody else ever dealt with family court situations? Give me a yes in the chat. If you've ever dealt with the trauma of the family court or had to, or dealt with the trauma of child support, uh, either, uh, paying it or maybe receiving child support from somebody who did not pay it. Uh, give me, give me a yes or no. If you've gone through this, this, this is a horrible experience, absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, um, I, 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 I I'm gonna tell you. It's it's um, you know it's 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 crazy because you know it's it's one of these things where I remember going through it and I remember thinking, oh my god, I'm never ever gonna do this again. Like it's, it's traumatic. It's it's um my wife, my in our in our black financial therapy department in the black business school, which my wife runs, she calls this financial trauma. A lot of you have dealt with financial trauma. A lot of you have gone through this. And it's traumatic both to pay the child support, but it's also traumatic to uh, have somebody not paying their 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 share, right? Uh, I see a lot of children who suffer because daddy don't want to pay, you know, or or, or whatever, or, or mama has strained the relationship, right? We, so it goes both ways. I've seen, I've seen the men suffer. I've seen their kids suffer, you know, because uh, maybe you marry a man who's got two, three children and two, three babies, mamas, and, and, and you're not really getting a whole man. You're getting what uh, T.I.'s wife, Tiny, refers to it as a piece of man. She says, you're getting a piece of man. Why is that? Well, because a, a big chunk of the household income is going out to these other women that he was laying down with without really thinking about his future, without thinking about how to hold it together in a in a in a in a careful way, how to how to craft his life. He wasn't thinking about that. He was being sloppy, right? He maybe he's following the rappers. The rappers tell you, go, if you see a man, you gotta go in there and get it, get it, go get it. Right. And next thing you know, you got kids 
floating around everywhere and you got your family situation sloppy. So so here's what I need you to understand. Again, let me know if you understand the connection here, right? Because I'm not here to talk about the gossip of Tyrese's marriage and his divorce and his child support situation. That's not the point. The point of the matter is that if you don't manage your family situation properly, you ain't never going to have no money. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? That that your family, do y'all understand that, that what you have in your body, your seed and your womb are, are one of, if not the most important elements in your wealth building journey? How you disperse, there's nothing more valuable than, than life. There's nothing more valuable than giving life to another human being. Nothing more precious, nothing more meaningful that you'll ever do in your life. There's no uh, job you'll ever get. There's no uh, money you'll ever make. There's no Grammy you'll ever win. More important than the fact that you gave life to another person, right? That you're, you're, So your seed, black man, is the most valuable thing that you have in your body for the most part. It really is. It's very important. And black woman, your womb is the most valuable thing that you have to some extent. I'm not saying that you're not valuable in other areas. Don't get me wrong. But you have that uh, uh, divine ability to give life. So, so here's what I'm going at. You know, again, sometimes y'all know me. I go Uncle Boyce with it. I hope it's okay if I do this. But I think we, the line needs to be drawn in the sand to help you understand that you you can't just be <clears throat> sharing your womb with any guy who comes along with a pair of gator shoes and or a little bit of swag who buys you dinner at Red Lobster. You can't you can't do that. You know, black man, you can't lay down with every big button a smile that you see because you're giving away something very precious. You know, in those situations, and here's what occurs. Here's what happens. It happens a billion times, right? Because sex is tricky, right? It lures you in because you get all excited and you feel good, and she looks good and all that. But, but I want you to process this for a minute. And let's use Tyrese and his situation as an example. So Tyrese is interesting. Tyrese is a guy who will get on Instagram and just start crying like a baby. And I, uh, <clears throat> so that means either either he's deeply in touch with his emotions, or some of y'all might think he's a little bit weird. Whatever you think, I'm not judging. I'm not judging at all. But he's interesting. So, so I'm trying to understand this, brother. What one minute this 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 black woman is, you know, she's she's your queen, she's the mother of your child, she's the love of your life, and then the next minute she's a greedy gold digging bitch. And I talked about this a little bit last night because I was talking to you guys about uh, some other stuff. I just talk about stuff that I see, right? I was seeing some stuff going on with Kiki Palmer and Tiana Taylor, and, and everybody's just everybody's tearing their families apart. Everybody is just taking the family, which is one of the most important pieces of fabric as it relates to black uh, power, black wealth, black everything. And you're you're just, they're just ripping it like like destroying black families is a sport. It really is. It's like hunting buffalo. It's like our favorite pastime. And so I I I I, I, I so so I was saying to you guys that. You know, if I don't understand how this woman goes from being your queen and the mother of your child to being a greedy gold digging bitch. And uh, I don't understand why nobody ever explained to you that how you talk about your ex is really you talking about yourself. When you talk crazy about your ex, you're really talking about yourself because because honestly, I, again, I'm a mathematician. And let me tell you about mathematics. One thing about mathematics, I taught math at the University of Kentucky. And one thing about mathematics is it's a very simple idea. I, I think everyone will get this. In mathematics, two plus two is always going to be four. Two plus two is four. Uh, and, and two plus two, no matter how much you cry about it, no matter how much you uh, tell me uh, the Democratic Party told you different or the Republican Party told you different, no matter how much you try to finesse your way out of it, two plus two will never be 187. Two plus two can never be negative 95. But that's what you live. You live in a world like that where people think two plus two is negative 95. 
somehow they think that making a bunch of of ill-advised choices that that don't involve long-term planning and thinking is somehow going to lead to a good life. They do. They think I, I can go around and put myself in one dumb situation after another. Uh, and uh, and that that's somehow going to put me in a place where my life is going to be good. And that's just not accurate. So, again, with Tyrese, I was really sort of like, OK, man, I don't you know, I, I don't know if you've thought this through completely in a mature way. Right. And, and again, not making fun of him. This is just me being honest. Uh, this is the mother of your ch- of your child. The mother of your child. So I don't know if you understand cause and effect. When you get out here or in front of your 16 million Instagram followers and you say, my ex-wife is a greedy gold digging bitch. My my mother of my kids is a greedy gold digging bitch. Your child is going to see that one day. Your child's going to grow up and say, why would my daddy say this about my mother? I love my I love mommy. I love mommy. And what you don't understand is the power of motherhood. Children are, ne- are, are most kids. If they have a decent mama, give me a yes if you understand this. Most children are never going to be more loyal to another human being than they are to their mama. They just are. That's just the truth. Anybody who's got kids understands this. You know, so so what I understand as a man who uh you know, I'm I get I get the privilege of being a bonus dad to three great kids and and their father is a wonderful guy. We all work together as a unit to make sure these children are protected, to make sure these kids are safe. Like our Kelly will never be dating one of our daughters because me and her, their their dad would get together and stab him in his balls. Like we we would not allow that. We 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 protect our kids. Uh and 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 here's the thing. One thing I would never ever do no matter how angry I got at their mother, I would never in a million years think that it makes sense for me to get out and publicly disparage their mom. Because if I do that, I'm destroying the relationship with the child because you're forcing the child to make a choice. You are. And and really, and, and again, this is not me just picking on the men because I know in the gender war, you the first thing when what that happens when you talk about what men are doing is the men say, well, what about the women? What about the women? Yeah, okay, let's get to that. Um, let me say this. Some of y'all women out here are parentally alienating your child from their father. You 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 don't think you're doing it, but but you're doing it real subtle. If you're if you're showing very subtle subconscious signs of disrespect, you're creating a friction in that relationship. When you are talking crazy about the daddy and you think the child ain't listening, but you on the phone with your girlfriend, girl, he ain't shit, girl. He ain't da 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 da. But right, well, guess what? Your child's picking up on that. They're listening. They're hearing everything. They're picking up on your energy. And then when they get together with daddy, dad, they're not respecting daddy. And next thing you know, they're not getting along with daddy. And then you're saying silly stuff like, well, I didn't I didn't tell him that he shouldn't go see his daddy. He made the decision on his own. But he's 12 years old. He, he He's not ready to make those decisions on his own. But he's 12 and you're sitting here justifying child abuse. You're justifying child. That's what you're doing. That's what you're, you're justifying what is now being scientifically determined as child abuse. My wife is in, she's all up in the therapy profession and they are now investigating deeply how parental alienation is a form of child abuse. What you are doing when you alienate that child from their father is you are harming your child. It is not your business. He wasn't a good man to you, but he's he's still daddy. He he might he might have cheated on you eighteen thousand times, but he's still daddy. Uh, you, 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 he might be a bastard and an asshole, but you still picked him again because because two plus two is always going to be two. Again, so so when you tell me again, same thing with Tyrese. Um, when you tell me my child's daddy ain't shit and blah 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 blah, I'm looking at you like wow. 
you're not very good at you're not you don't think through your choices what what let's reverse engineer this again this is how weird i am I, again I'm a, I'm a i'm a math guy so i i say i say okay let's reverse engineer this how did you how did you end up wanting to your woman is important your children are important how did you end up in a situation where you chose to be in a relationship with somebody who's that terrible what what did you not think through what signs did you miss were you moving too fast because you thought he was cute or because he makes, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year or because you wanted to be with a celebrity or a rapper. Tyrese is a celebrity. There's plenty of women that chase celebrities down, not knowing a damn thing about what kind of person they are. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the rappers are interesting because uh, at least half of them will rap to you and tell you in a song that they are a horrible human being. They, they literally don't rap about it. They'll say, I, I, I get high all day. I hate women. Um, I, I don't take care of my kids. I waste all my money and I, I might get shot or shoot somebody in the next 24 hours. And y'all will still be at the concert. Ah! 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 Why? What You, you want to lay down with, with Lil Rerun, like the, the, your favorite rapper? You, 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 you think that this is going to lead to a quality experience for your kids. No, it's not. It's, it's absolutely not. And, uh, <clears throat> and so, so, so here's what I want to, let, let's dig into this and, and do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching drvoicetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, also just as a reminder, I have a book out, uh, a new book It's an Amazon bestseller. It's called the 10 commandments of black economic power. And I mentioned to you all the other book I wrote called financial lovemaking, where I dug deep into some of these issues that relate to Tyrese and, and all this other stuff. So I like to sort of see what's happening in the world. The world is a perfect classroom. So I love um, looking at what's happening in the world and finding the teachable moments here. And, uh, and so, uh, so if you want to uh, take a look at some of my books, you can actually get uh, for black Friday for 24 hours, you can get 75% off every single thing in the store, autograph books, flashcards for kids, whatever. Uh, just go to drboysbooks.com and use the code word black Friday, 2023. So if you go to drboysbooks.com, use the code black Friday, 2023, you get 75% off anything that you want. So that's pretty much, you're pretty much buying things that cost. So, uh, feel free to go take a look at that. So that's um, a, a discount that we have. And if you want to take a look. All right. So so here's um, here, here's 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 an assessment of the whole Tyrese situation and his his divorce from Samantha Lee and the financial implications of this. First thing I want to do is mention a few ways that divorce is an absolute wealth destroyer. Let me give you some stats. In the United States, the average cost of a divorce ranges from about 15000 to 30000 In Tyrese's case, it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, I think that he had to pay over a quarter million to his wife in back child support and uh, almost half a million in, in legal fees. So the lawyers make off like gangbusters. When, when your situation, when you don't keep your own situation together, and they call that white man in to fix it. He makes money. He steals your black wealth by fixing your situation. And it may be a black person. I, I, I talked to a, an estate planning attorney uh, in D.C. And I remember one time she said, Dr. Boyce, to be honest with you, our law firm stays in business because people don't handle their business. Our firm stays in business because people don't handle their business. She said, if people handle their business, we would be out of business because what we get paid to do is to clean up the mess that you created. We get paid to basically come in and, and create uh, order where there is nothing but absolute chaos. So effectively, a lot of, so lawyers live off of our lack of planning. When we forget that two plus two is four, well, they come in and, and we think two plus two is going to equal 98. 
they come along and they get paid to remind you that two plus two is still four. So if you ever want to lose all your money, if you ever want to lose all your wealth very quickly, don't you know, look, here's the thing. Look, if, if you're going to be sloppy with your sexuality, if you're going to be sloppy with your family situation, you're going to be sloppy with your relationships then don't do don't work don't don't just don't just go back to bed like turn off your device whatever you're using to listen to me right now if you're on spotify listening or youtube turn the device off and go back to sleep and i don't want you setting any goals for your life don't don't start that business don't get up and hustle don't go invest don't do anything cuz it's a waste of time it's it's really a waste of time literally because because basically what you're going to do is create all this wealth and all this money and you're not going to protect it by making good choices and you're going to lose it all. You're going to go to divorce court. Uh, Dr. Drew did a great documentary called Divorce Corp, C-O-R-P. <laughs> and in Divorce Corp, he explained that the family court system is a $10 billion a year entity that makes money when you can't keep your family situation straight. And, and here's the thing that's, that's, that's really hilarious to me is that, not hilarious, I'm not going to do that. I'm not trying to be a sarcastic, sarcastic asshole today. Uh, it's unfortunate to me, I'm going to try to be nice here, that that people think that your family situation will just work itself out. You really think that you're traumatized, but that, you're, 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 that you, the person who grew up in a family that was broken, busted, disgusted, and half damn near crazy, that somehow you're going to instinctually be able to do what the things that are required to make a relationship and a family structure work. Like you really think that you think you and that doesn't make any sense. That's like a person who's been eating Cheetos who weighs 400 pounds thinking they're going to naturally run a marathon. It's it's just not going to happen. Be, and, and is it your fault? No, it's not your fault. It's it's the environment you grew up in. How many of you give me seriously to make my point? Let me ask you a question. How many of you grew up in what would be defined as a chaotic environment? How many of y'all grew up in a in what would be defined as a situation that just was unpleasant and crazy? Maybe you had a parent on drugs. Maybe your daddy wasn't there. Maybe you had your cousin like steal from you or your sibling put the phone bill in your name and, 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 and ruined your credit or your, your, your cousin tried to stab you at Thanksgiving dinner, right? How many of y'all grew up in uh, some situation and saw some stuff that just didn't make no damn sense that normal human beings just don't do to each other? Give me a yes, right? Because I think this is the part of the big chunk of the black experience. This is very normal. So when you grow up in that kind of chaotic situation, what happens is that that trauma, undiagnosed, untreated trauma, number one problem in the black community, that that trauma causes you to have what is called a trauma response. Again, my wife is the therapist, so I'm not. I'm going to try to be careful not to hijack her language and act like I know half as much as she knows. But you're 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 doing a trauma response. You're responding. You're going to respond to your relationship problems like a crazy traumatized person like me. I'm traumatized. I took um a trauma test. It's called an ACES test. It stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences (ACES). And I took this test. I did not realize how high I was on the trauma scale. So what happens is here. Pay attention now. What happens? Is that traumatized people? They first of all, they die, you you die younger as a traumatized person because you're carrying around all this cortisol, all this stress, everything that happens, you get triggered. You and, and we celebrate the trauma. We act like that's normal. We we normalize the trauma. A lot of it happens in the music, right? How many times have you just seen people on social media talking about how the minute you get out of line, I'm gonna pop off on you, or you hear music like like I'm gonna snap on him, I'm gonna go kill him. He, you know, made me mad. I'm gonna go shoot you. Like like literally, like people or you watch videos online of people getting into fights and and somebody says something wrong and then next thing you know somebody's getting slapped punched windows getting broken whatever right now here's the thing 
did y'all know that they uh, did a study where they were able to figure out which couples were going to stay married and which couples were going to get divorced with extremely high accuracy? And, and check this out. They only had to watch them argue for five minutes. They only had to watch these couples for five minutes in an argument. Like, how do you handle your arguments? And it, with five minutes of observation, they could predict with extremely high accuracy who was going to make it and who wasn't. Tell me that's not crazy. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all, I, I was stunned when I saw this, right? So you might, so if you're smart and you're curious and you want to protect your wealth and protect your children, you're going to say, well, what in the hell was going, what, how, what can they learn in five minutes that will tell me if I'm going to be together with somebody or not? Well, what they what they what they what they were basically saying, in my opinion, I'm going to summarize this, is that is that staying together ain't about whether or not you have disagreements. I'm going to just tell you, uh, get out whatever fantasy you might have about relationships. Like, please kill that fantasy. Like, get it out of your head. Relationships and marriage ain't no damn fairy tale. You know, seriously, it's not. Um, but people, when the fairy tale doesn't happen, they say, oh, I got to get a divorce because I thought he was going to be perfect and he's not. Well, here's the memo, ladies. I'm sorry. Men ain't perfect. They're, they're not. I'm, I'm highly imperfect in, in, in numerous ways. My wife, heavily imperfect. But the but, but what works is I've accepted her imperfections. When my wife is having a bad day and her behavior is showing it, you know what I say? I say, well, I love that woman anyway, or she's having a bad day or, 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 or you have tools, you have tools you can use to work through things. But then the other thing about it is, is that it's not whether or not you have disagreements, it's how you handle the disagreements. What they basically concluded, and, and I think this is, I, I'm going to summarize it here, is that when you have a fight and you, I want you to think about, I want you to internalize this. So I want you to imagine friends you have that fit into different categories. There are some people who get into a disagreement who are escalators. They, they, these are people that, that are gang-banging over bacon every morning for breakfast. They're ready for a fight. they always trying to one-up you. If you pull out a knife, they're going to pull out a gun. You pull out a gun, they're going to pull out a bazooka. You pull out a bazooka, they're going to pull out a nuclear weapon. There are people that are escalators like, like oh, hell no. Oh, that's disrespectful. No, you ain't going to. No, you didn't. Right? People like that. Don't, anybody know somebody like that? Just, just kind of will we'll always take it to the next level. You got men and women that are like that, men and women that are do that, right? And uh, and then you have people that are de-escalators. You have people that uh, that will see a problem and will say, you know, I, I'd like to really talk this out with you. And, uh, and here's how I'm feeling about this. And I know that if we talk about it, we can work this out. You got the de-escalators. So, so let me give you a little tip, this little Dr. Boyce game. Uh, if you're looking to build a family, which is an important part of your wealth, Build with somebody who's a de-escalator. If you're looking to build a business with somebody, which is going to be another important part of your wealth, that's one of the ways you're going to get rich is you're going to create a business. You're going to learn how to do it and you're going to become successful at it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting this on you. I'm putting this energy in the universe for you. Build that business with somebody who's a de-escalator. Build that business with somebody who uh, is willing to grow and understand how communication is extremely important in the ability to resolve disputes. Don't build it with somebody who's banging over breakfast. Don't build it with somebody who wants to fight all the time. Don't build it with somebody who's quick to cut people off because people like that can't build nothing. They just, I mean, seriously, it's like, imagine if I, if I get up and I was like, 
you know, I was mad at my left arm. So I just, I just, I just cut off my left arm. Cause that, cause my left arm was getting on my nerves. I was trying to sleep and it was all getting all tangled and all that. So I just cut my left arm off. And then they're like, yeah. And then my, my left leg made me mad. So, so I just said, forget it. I'm, I'm cutting my left leg off. Cause sometimes you got to saw the, People talk about that. They'll talk about their relatives like that. Sometimes you got to cut relatives off if they're tripping. It. No, no, I went to Thanksgiving dinner. And I just cut y'all. I cut off my mama. I cut off my brother. I cut off my dad. Right, right. So, so then they're like, I, I, and then I got mad at my right arm and I cut that. I cut my right arm off because I because all right arm got on my nerves that day and and that just made me mad. Well, next thing you know, you, you cut off your left arm. You cut off your right arm. You cut off your left leg. You cut off your right leg, and then you're just a nub. You're just a nub. Now you can't go nowhere. Now you can't you can't lift anything up. You can't travel. <laughs> right? You can't play basketball no more. You can't go to dance class. You can't do nothing because you don't cut everything off. And a lot of us do that with our relationships. A lot of us do that, our, that with our relationships rather than repair and do the work required to figure out how to humble yourself, submit to. You know, and I use that word deliberately, submit to the situation and submit to the higher purpose of finding a way to stay together, you'll cut off everything. I just saw a video this morning. I'm going to put it on my, my, on my Instagram in a minute. So y'all can go to my Instagram. My Instagram is Dr. Boyce Finance. And there's a it, Tasha K. I'm, I'm friends with Tasha K. I, again, I know she's all over the place, but Tasha K, we happen to be friends. Um, I've been on her show a couple of times and uh, she shared this video of a young black woman, gorgeous woman, gorgeous who was absolutely devastated because she can't find somebody to share her life with. She was crying and sad and saying, I don't want to do this alone. I deserve somebody to love me. I deserve somebody to hold me. And I'm going to tell you the honest and God truth. We know the difference between attractive people and ugly people. I'm, I don't want to be mean. I'm not saying anybody's ugly. Everybody's beautiful on some level, right? Everybody, There's somebody for everybody. If you're not beautiful on the outside, I'm sure you're a wonderful person. Right. So this, this so this lady was very pretty. She's very. And I remember thinking, honestly, like this is a beautiful woman. Like, how is it that she can't find a man? I don't understand that. And, uh, and and so so when that occurs, this is me putting on my finance hat because finance is like that. We have um we have a whole theory about stuff like this. We, we call it the efficient markets hypothesis. And here's what the, here's what it kind of says in a nutshell. I'm going to make it real simple. So don't 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 get scared. Basically, it says that when something seems to be too good to be true, it probably is, right? So, if we, you know, when something seems too good to be true, you might say, oh, my God, I'm so lucky. I found this gorgeous woman who is 37 years old, who uh, is so unfortunate that every single black man she's ever met has just been, you know, no good. And I'm the man that's going to change that. I'm the one man that she found at, you know, after 37 years on this planet that she can actually be with because all the other men were garbage. It's almost like when Kamala Harris married the white guy, but she was at an HBCU and met thousands of black men. And, and then somebody said, well, you know, sometimes brothers don't step to the plate. I said, no, how the hell are you going to go through 10,000 black men that you meet? And then you, you just pick the white guy. You know, what, does that mean every black man is an epic failure? Like that, that's not logical. It's not like, again, two plus two is always going to have to be four, right? It doesn't make any sense. Statistically speaking, that just does not apply. OK, so 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 in this particular case, I remember thinking I, I you know, here's what my conclusion is. I would bet money on this. I remember thinking, I bet you that this woman has met lots of men who would absolutely love to cuddle with her fine ass. She has probably met dozens, if not hundreds of men 
who would have loved her the way she wanted to be loved, who would have been there for her in whatever way, right? And I would be curious to just hear her tell me all of her relationship stories. You can learn a lot. Remember, the way you talk about your exes, you're really telling on yourself, by the way. If you ever want to understand somebody, have them just, just listen. Like, don't talk. Just listen and have them tell you about all their exes. See, a lot of people make the mistake of saying, well, I don't want to hear about your ex, da, da, da. No, 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 that's ego. Stop it. Stop it with the ego. Put the ego to the side. When, when I talked, when I, when I got to know my wife, I wanted to hear about every relationship experience that she ever had, including how she spoke about her ex-husband. Because I did not for one second think that I'm so different that you can have a trail of horrible experiences with all these men and somehow I'm just the magic Negro who just makes it all better. No, I wanted to understand, like, what happened? So what? how did y'all break up? What, what was going on here? Right? Because I wanted to hear how you talk about your exes, because that tells me a lot about you. And so the same thing is true here. I'd like to hear about all the men that she's met. I'd like to hear about all the men that are in her life. Um, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, because, because I, in my personal experience, I've seen a lot of scenarios where there are women, maybe because they did not grow up with a father in the house. It's, they replaced the father with a fairy tale. They replaced the father with a fairy tale. And the fairy tale is that man, the man for me is going to be perfect. He's going to always put me in the sun and tell me how wonderful I am. Uh, every day is going to be sunshine and cupcakes. Uh, he's never, ever going to do anything that disappoints me. And uh, I'm going to live happily ever after. And then when the fairy tale does not uh, occur, they they say, oh, well, I thought he was the one. I thought she was. I thought I thought I thought she I thought he was the one. But 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 he ain't no he wasn't the one. By the way, DLM just got banned for life. So, uh, again, if you're a troll, you better be a quiet troll. I being here is a privilege. It's not a right. I don't beg. I got over a million followers on different platforms. I don't need anybody here. So if you come in as a Negro naysayer, you know, the Negro naysayers are the ones who find a problem with every solution. A Negro naysayer, um, if you're a Negro naysayer, just you better be quiet because if you end up speaking and you're a troll, I will ban you with the quickness because I, I don't want people in here who are going to disrupt from the conversation. My goal is to have higher level conversations, not um, not involve low level gossip. So this man made, made a comment about my wife. He does not know my wife. Uh, he he said it because he saw a video where some guy speculated on my marriage and my wife's uh, affection toward me. And none of these Negroes know shit about my life and they don't know anything about who I am as a man. So, uh, uh, you know, people who run with that nonsense, I don't have time for that. Uh, I don't have time for the bearded babies and the children on the Internet. I want to talk to grownups. OK, so just so you know, if you're a troll, trolls, you can watch if you're trolling, just keep keep trolling. That's fine. That's what you do. But if you come in the comments saying some old nonsense, oh, your wife don't really like you, blah, blah, blah. And you don't even know my wife. You're going to you're going to leave. You're going to have to go. OK, uh, no disrespect. You're going to have to leave. All right. So let me get back to it. So I would be curious to know how many men this woman has met that adored her that she passed up on. I'd like to know how many men that she met that she was in relationships with where she ended the relationship. And the reason I ask that is because I'm going to just tell you, I think that um, when you don't have that opposite sex parent in the house to really show you what men are really like, I think that that creates a little bit of a deficiency and a blind spot in the sense that you uh, imagine if I grew up without a mother and I never knew what it was like to have a mom. And but I watch movies and they tell me in the movies what it's like to have a mom or I um, or I listen to music. And I, I, I imagine I look at, you know, Beyonce and I say, gosh, that that would be a great mom. I, I bet I could find a mom like Beyonce. I start fantasizing. 
And I think that people start fantasizing. And then when they meet a real human being that doesn't fit the fantasy, they spend their entire lives searching for something that does not exist. Uh, I knew a woman who was very pretty, who made over $300,000 a year, who was who literally went into her 50s. Uh, and she would date a new man every six to nine months. And that's about how long it takes for, for the, 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 the thrill to disappear from a relationship. And, in, and if you were to ask her, she would say, I'm looking for the, the one, uh, but I've never met him. And, but yet she's dated probably about 70 men in the course of her life. So, so, here's a, so my thought is like, oh, I get it now. You're looking for something that doesn't exist. You're like the person, again, this is where I come in as an economist because we understand markets. Markets are built on supply and demand. So uh, a person who spends their whole life looking for the one and never finds them, is like it's like a person who's looking for a job and there are plenty of jobs available everywhere, but they never find the job that fits their criteria. Let me know if you follow what I'm saying here. Let me know if you get the analogy. I like analogies. So imagine you got a friend who says, um, you know, I got a, a bachelor's degree and I have been looking everywhere for a job. And you say, well, what kind of job are you looking for? Well, I don't. I refuse to settle. So I'm looking for a job. I got to be paid my worth. And so I believe I should be paid $400,000 a year. And uh, and you say, wow, $400,000 a year. You're going to work hard to make that kind of money. And, and then they say, yeah, but but I only want to work eight hours a week. Right. So I shouldn't have to work more than eight hours a week because I'm not I ain't nobody's I ain't, I ain't going to be letting nobody tell me what to do or whatever. Right. So so imagine that person saying that I will only work eight hours a week. I want to make $400,000 a year. And also I have a, and you say, well, what are your special skills? Like there are surgeons that make 400,000 a year. Uh, and, and they say, well, I don't, I'm not a surgeon, but I have a bachelor's degree. And it was really hard for me to get my bachelor's degree in, in, in English, English history. Right. So think about this. Give me a yes or no. If you follow this, it, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy talk that this person says uh, that I, I can't find a job. In, no, it's not that you can't find a job. It's just you can't find a job that matches your expectations. And so sometimes for some of y'all, some of us, period, our expectations are out of alignment with supply and demand. You're expecting something that the market is not going to deliver to someone in your particular you know, range. Right. And, and I'm not, now, again, how you measure that depends. You know, again, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I, I agreed with the late Kevin Samuels in the sense that I like the fact that he brought that to everyone's attention. What I didn't agree with was how he would sort of define everything by your dress size or how much money you make. There's so many other variables that determine a person's attractiveness that go beyond just their dress size. Or I, I, I've, I've, I've dated, you know, around before I met, before I got with my wife, I never once asked a woman what her dress size was. I did not care because black women, y'all can look good in all sizes. I have seen women over 200 pounds. Maybe that's not entirely healthy, to be honest with you, but it, it might it might look real healthy if y'all know what I'm talking about. Right. So 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 we can't define this. But what we can say is that sometimes there's a misalignment in. Uh, in, in what you're expecting. And and so, uh, you know, Jay Red says, shout out to the Passport Bros. Um, I understand the Passport Bros in one sense. I do understand uh, the interest in uh, in meeting people from other countries and, 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 and sort of exploring other cultures in terms of how they view marriage and family. I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. In my assessment, Americans are just very bad at family. We just are. Our value systems are not in alignment with family. There's a lot of we're, we're trained to have a lot of ego. 
going into our relationships when people walk around and say i won't submit i'll never submit to a man no matter what i'll never submit to a woman or you a simp if you take care of that woman's kids and just crazy stuff like that right just stuff that's just weird to me um that those are just bad values like hip-hop culture is terrible when it comes to family very few rappers are really able to have solid families right they, that's just true you know and, and so you get that culture dumped on you and so you know we just the men don't love the women enough and the women don't respect the men the women are some of these women are ready to fight they show up with their dukes up why well because they have a lot of untreated undiagnosed trauma from childhood that they never dealt with and society tells them that everything's okay and then why do they say that well they say that because you got a master's degree and a good corporate job and a, and 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 you also you know make three hundred thousand dollars a year and you look good but you may not be healthy on the inside we focus on the outside, but we don't look at the inside. I, I talked about this last night with Tiana Taylor and Kiki Palmer, two women who look great on the outside, but I don't believe that they're healthy on the inside. Uh, seriously, I, I mentioned, I said, I, I quite frankly said, I don't understand why Tiana Taylor is putting her relationship business on the internet. Why do why does the whole internet need to know that your husband is a narcissist? What are you doing? Are you appealing to the court of public opinion? You're appealing to the court of Instagram, but you're not thinking about the fact that you're talking about the father of your child? And people say, well, the court documents, people can look it up. Well, last time I checked, there is a term that is used in divorce, by the way, y'all. I don't know if y'all have heard this term. It's called irreconcilable differences. Anybody heard that term before? Irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable differences just means, look, I love and respect my partner. I respect the father of my child. I respect the mother of my child. We just couldn't get along. We, we, we just had a disagreement. We couldn't figure it out. Uh, we're moving on. Please respect our privacy. You do that when you care about your kids. You do that because you because in about five years, that baby's going to be able to do a Google search and they're going to see all the chaos and all the stupid articles and all the drama about their, their parents. And, and, and it may cause consequences that you cannot foresee. Next thing you know, your child has no father because not because you took him away, but because they don't respect their dad because they feel that they have to pick a side. That's what parental alienation does. It's where you put your child in a position where they feel like they got to pick a side and they're usually going to pick the mama. And for mamas, that might feel emotionally good because you got all this unconditional love. And, and, and But the problem is that you're going to end up with some child who grows up and without connection to their father. And next thing you know, you've created this monster, this 32-year-old man who's making babies everywhere, showing no responsibility, no accountability, who is some other woman's nightmare because, you all, because this boy never was exposed to manhood. He was never taught how to be a strong, responsible male. This is happening. Give me a yes if you've seen this. Let me know if you've seen this in the dating pool. There's pee in the dating pool. You know, again, shout out to the passport bros. I know you're talking about that. But some of these dudes complain about women, but they have no ability whatsoever to self-reflect. They The only self-reflection they do is, well, you know, I got a nice penis and I make some money. And, and they have no idea what masculinity looks like. They have no idea what it means to be, even be a solid man. They don't even understand the fundamentals of manhood. Not all of them. I'm not talking about all of them. But a lot of guys really think manhood comes down to drinking bourbon and smoking a cigar. <clears throat> well, where did they get that from? Well, they saw it. They got it on TV. They didn't get it from their daddy. They got it from <clears throat> from some rapper. Well, they got it from what they what they perceive in their fantasy of what manhood looks like. But they don't understand that masculinity is taking accountability for something. It's showing up and being responsible and consistent in some way that the people around you can depend on you, where people can get on your shoulders and you can carry you can carry the flock. You can carry the village. You can carry the family a long way. And unfortunately for black men in America, 
they zap your manhood from you as a child. You send that baby to that public school. First thing that happens is that a white lady from the suburbs is telling your child that that to tone it down and to pretty much kill all of his spirit, all of his energy. I went through that as a kid. I was a very active kid. I had a lot of energy and I did not get along with the white lady from the suburbs who was who would be running my classroom because she didn't understand me. I didn't understand her. I've always been a man in that way. Fortunately, my father who raised me, my biological father was not there, but the father who raised me helped me circumvent that and would teach me important things about manhood. So if you want to know, for example, my brother and I are both uh, two men who made plenty of money. We could have had plenty of hoes if that's what we wanted. But but instead of just running around having plenty of hoes, we both decided we wanted to be husbands and fathers. Uh, that is, It is not a coincidence that he and I chose that route, even though we didn't have to. There's plenty of options. There's plenty of things we could have did. We chose that route. Well, where did we get that from? We got it from our father. We, we watched our father sit next to my mother for 50 years. So we said, oh, that's what a man does. That's that's masculinity. That's manhood. right? We, we saw this. So if I came home, if I went to my dad and I was like, man, Alicia getting on my nerves, man, man, these, these women out here, they just too much. And these, these black women, they just be da 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 da. Right. You, you know, what my father would say, my father would say, yeah, I understand. Sometimes your mama does that. Now I need you to take your ass back home and, and, and take care of your household. I need you to go back home to your wife. Do you understand? This is, this is something that even mafia bosses used to do. Mafia bosses would just tell men, like when the men would, you know, get out of line and, and want to go hang out with the side chick and all that, they would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We understand all that. But now you go home to your wife. Now you go home to your family. And, and, and these are basic values that I don't always see as much in our community as they should be. And what here's in the, in the consequence is absolute chaos. The consequence is mothers who've been convinced falsely that you can really control the energy of high testosterone teenage males. You really believe that. And what then happens is next thing you know, your little boy, your, your little sweet little baby is out here getting locked up, getting shot up, uh, getting into crazy situations, getting girls, getting girls knocked up. And you, you're telling him, you're nagging him about it. You need to stop doing that. You need to stop. Doing it goes in one ear and out the other. He's not he's just not going to hear you the same way he would hear from his masculine father or from some masculine male who gives that he respects. He's just not going to. So he's he's hearing rappers more than he's hearing you. He hears you when it comes to like things that he might need from his mother, like nurturing and, you know, like a hot meal and a hug and all that. But but outside and he's on love his mama, but you can't teach him how to be a man. And and uh, and and people don't understand that. All right, so so anyway, as I move on, if you could do me a favor, please hit that thumbs up button, uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, also, uh, this podcast is on Spotify. So if you look me up on Spotify, you can find me there. I do have a telegram page, by the way, it's drboystelegram.com. So we have a black investors group there. So feel free to go find me on telegram, drboystelegram.com. And, uh, last but not least, uh, if you'd like for me to send you our $5 a day investing plan in the black business school, uh, we've actually helped millions of people in the black business school. We have 162,000 students. You it's free to get started. Like there's plenty of free stuff we will give you. I just want to see you build your wealth. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you win. So just text the word stock to 31996. You'll get free stuff from me immediately. And uh, and it, it'll, it'll enhance your life. My PhD is in finance. I know what I'm talking about. And if you want to know why I'm talking about this relationship stuff, it's because two things. One, my wife is a relationship therapist and I'm a learner. So I learn from my wife. I listen to my wife when she's talking about stuff. I, I, I 
pay attention, right? But then two, I, I wrote that book, Financial Lovemaking. And that's when I became real, that's when it became really clear to me that the black wealth problem isn't being solved because we're looking in the wrong direction. We're thinking that uh, getting better jobs is going to solve the wealth, the racial wealth gap. No, it's not. All, every study shows that black people getting more jobs ain't going to work. Y'all always had jobs. You've been having jobs since slavery. So stop it. Stop thinking that more jobs is the solution. It's not the solution. Two, uh, having more businesses and making investments. That's better. But wealth protection also starts with how you build your family situation. So if you have a chaotic family situation, what's going to happen is you're going to have a dollar come in through the front and $2 leaving out the back because you're going to spend a lot of your resources uh, in divorce court. Uh, divorce court is very expensive. You're going to spend a lot of your resources in child support court. If you're a man that, or, or, or a woman even, uh, it, but usually it's men that get hit up with the child support stuff and you're making babies everywhere and you're trying to support eight households, households at once. A lot of rappers are doing this. They got eight kids with, you know, 10 babies, mamas or whatever. I did the math wrong, but y'all get the point. Uh, and, you know, and, and so 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 a lot of your wealth gets drained. And then by the time you get about 37, 38 and you decide to settle down and 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 you don't want to be a player no more. Well, at this point, your chickens have come home to roost. Uh, every choice you made in your 20s affects your life in your 30s and 40s. I hope you all understand that. Right. Like DMX died, you know, uh, broke. DMX was literally the biggest rapper on the fucking planet at one point. He was bigger than Jay-Z at one point. He did things Jay-Z could not do. Jay-Z was probably intimidated by DMX because DMX was such a great rapper. DMX could be a billionaire right now, absolute billionaire. But you know what kept DMX from being a billionaire? It wasn't that somebody came and stole all his money without his permission. It wasn't that, that he didn't get opportunities. It wasn't white supremacy per se, not directly anyway. You know, it, it, you know what stole his money? It was it was choices. It was personal choices. It was all the stuff that you think has nothing to do with money. It was the fact that DMX thought that smoking all day and, and having sex all night was a normal way to live. And so what did DMX get? Well, number one, I think he has a bunch of kids. I don't know how many kids he had. I got to I got to go look it up. Let me see here. Let me Google search it. Uh, let me let me look up. Let me do a quick hit the thumbs up while I do this. How many kids does DMX have? He has seven kids. Uh, let's see here. Um, how many mothers of kids does DMX have? So seven kids. Oh, wait, no, that no, it's not seven. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which again, you can take it for what it's worth. He is the father of 17 children from 11 women. He married his childhood friend to Cheryl Simmons in 1999. They were married for 11 years. They have four children together. So he tried, he tried, right? He, but he has 17 kids with 11 different women. And um, now here's the thing. Now y'all remember that DMX song? This is this is where culture comes into play here. I want y'all to pay attention. You, you know, young guys listening to the rappers. Remember that song he had where he was naming all these women? Delisha, Carlita, Tina, Brenda, but about three Kims. Anybody remember that song? Right? Remember that? When he's rapping about all the women that he's had sex with, right? Literally more women than a lot of men get a chance to have sex with in their whole life. And we thought that was the coolest thing in the world because it, it, it sounds good because he sounds good. He's a great rapper, but nobody thinks about like what happens when, when you really running through all these women, when you running through all these women, well, if you run through all these women, you know, the side effect is number one, STDs, STDs are everywhere. That's, that's just out there. Um, number two, 
you're going to have children. Why? Well, because you're not respecting your seed. You're not respecting, and the women aren't respecting their wombs. Well, part of it is, number one, bad culture, right, that's devalued the significance and impact of sexuality, uh, which which causes all kinds of chaos for those kids. I guarantee you that those 17 children, I bet none of them are rich. Think about this. Your daddy was um, one of the greatest rappers in the history of all mankind. And, I'm, and I want to be real careful here because I'm not trying to beat up on this guy. I, I, I My heart goes out to him, actually, when I heard his story about being introduced to drugs at the age of 14. I had a cousin that got introduced to drugs at the age of 14. He just died, by the way. He just died. And they had to send me a link to the GoFundMe to donate to his um, <clears throat> to his um, his funeral. Right. That, that's that's how real it is. Right. So I might I have complete empathy for this. Right. But 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 I want you to really think about this. And, and the same thing can be said about R. Kelly and Mike Tyson and some other people that had the chance to be billionaires, but instead blew it from bad culture. DMX didn't need another hit record. DMX needed therapy. DMX did not need more women. DMX needed uh, mentorship. DMX did not need another check from the record label. DMX needed some people that were going to shut his ass down and help him understand the gravity of what was being wasted. The, the, the billions in generational wealth that was being wasted because he was never forced to confront his demons and start making more disciplined choices. You know, uh, I, I, and, and, and here's the thing. Y'all were singing and dancing right along to it. Y'all, you we were all, everybody was like, oh yeah, that, that song sounds good. So, and you're completely ignoring the underbelly of all the trauma being passed down to those children who are like sitting around now. All 17 of these kids are like, damn, my daddy was the biggest rapper in the world and I can't even pay the rent right now. I'm, I'm sleeping, you know, your daughter's sleeping with some man that that's twice her age because she can't figure out a way to pay the rest of the bills. Seriously. You know, I mean, and so I want you to just sort of understand this. This is why I go in on culture in, in, in my book. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's, it's out there on Amazon or Dr. Boyce Books. Right. If you want to get a copy. I talk about culture a lot because I want you to connect the dots. I want you to understand how two plus two is four. I need you to understand how bad personal choices will impact your financial outcomes. And a man who does not make smart choices when he's young is going to be a man who's going to have to make hard choices when he gets older. There's a connection there. You can't live like a rock star in your 20s without expecting significant consequences in your 30s and 40s. And then on top of that, and this is I'm really talking more to men, but women, too, ladies, too. I mean, this applies to women as well. But but I'm going to talk to men. But I want you to generalize this. Um. When you get older, you're going to have to answer for your choices. Like they, they, your kids are going to be like, "Daddy, where'd all the money go? Wait, Daddy, wait, wait. Why do why do I got siblings all over the damn fucking city? What is this? This is ghetto as hell, Daddy. I don't even know who my siblings are. Children will talk bad about you when they get they get about 18, 19, 20. They start looking around like, "What? I came in this world facing racism." Facing uh, all these variables that are trying to destroy me, facing unemployment, facing all kinds of street violence, everything else, and I needed protection, and you did not protect me because you did not lay out a foundation for me to have a protected life. 
You threw me out here because nobody ever taught you to think about the future. Nobody ever taught you about delayed gratification. Nobody ever taught you that the things you do at 22 are going to affect you when you're 32 and really affect you when you're 42. You know, th- th- nobody taught you that. So so you now have put me in the middle of a shit box of a situation because, mama, you don't know how to keep your damn legs closed. Mama, you was out here chasing down thugs when you could have had a good man that would have been my daddy, but instead he was boring. And so you pick this other guy because you thought he was exciting. Now, I can't find the Negro when I need fatherly advice. He don't want to talk to me because he got 85 holes and, and 10,000 kids. and He got holes in every area code. He's he 58 years old, still trying to be a 25-year-old. I don't have a father because you chose this son of a bitch to be my daddy. This is the reality. This is This is what you're looking at. You're looking at just... A string of horrifically undisciplined choices. We we make choices like slaves. We really do. We do. And, and, and I have to be honest, not because I'm perfect, not because, you know, I've never made a mistake. I'm actually able to be more honest because I have made mistakes. I told you, I paid child support for 18 years. It was terrible. It was terrible, but I didn't do it no more. I didn't have no more. I, didn't, I said, I'm not doing this no more. I only, you only, only kicked my ass one time. So, so I, I, I personally think that anybody that wants to have a family, you need to go take a class. Number one, you, you do. Anybody that, that ever decides I'm going to get together with another person and, and create this sacred institution called a family, don't fucking wing it. Stop winging it. You didn't wing it when you became an accountant. You didn't wing it and say, well, I, I never got any training, but hey, I'm going to go work for PricewaterhouseCoopers and I'm just going to figure it out. You didn't wing it then. You know, when you became a nurse's aide or whatever, you didn't wing it. You didn't say, well, you know, I don't know nothing about medicine and, and drugs and, 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 and whatever, but I'm going to figure it out. You didn't wing it. You went and got training. You got training. So you'll get training for a white man's job. You'll get extensive training. You'll get extra, you know, continuing education credits for a white man's job, but you won't get training for the sacred responsibility of running a black family. You, you'll get training for damn near anything you want. Some of y'all will even take a class on how to twerk properly, but you won't get training on how to raise a healthy child. I don't understand that. Maybe you'll spend money getting a bigger ass and and some nicer boobs or a fancier car or whatever, or how to get the, how to have a a thousand dollar suit so you can impress women, but you won't spend time getting therapy so you can properly heal and be somebody that's worth being in a relationship with. Some of y'all are crazy. I said it. Some of y'all are crazy. And you sit there, and and I'm and I'm, I know I'm crazy too. By the way, I I, I joined the club. I know I'm crazy, <clears throat> but me acknowledging my crazy was an important first step in me uh, not letting my crazy destroy my life. Some of y'all are crazy. I'll sit there and I'll listen to you tell me about your string of bad relationships and how it's always somebody else's fault and how you're still looking for the one, even though 
you met some dude and you hopped in bed with him two days later. Well, because your horniness and your sexual addiction is somehow filling a void that you should have filled with therapy, right? You because because you have those daddy issues or whatever it is you have, you find yourself in one bad situation after another with men that don't deserve access to you, but you've never had the hard discussion about how what do I need to do to change my behavior? And then y'all men, my lord, when you when you um some of y'all are some suckers, man. Seriously. Some of y'all are some suckers. And I see them all over the internet. I, I know sucker behavior because 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 you reveal yourselves by the way you talk sometimes, the way you talk about your women. First of all, as a black man, you have no right to sit around and talk crazy about black women as a collective. You need to stop that. Talk about your woman if you want to. If you, if you, but 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 don't talk about black women in general. That that makes you look like a sucker. Uh also. When you are, uh, when, I, when I've heard them, when I've heard guys, I've had people do video. I don't watch any YouTube videos about me, but there's been hundreds of them done. Uh, and, and some of them get lots of views, 50,000 views, stuff like that. I didn't even know I was that interesting. But there were literally men who will speculate on my relationship. Well, she only married him because because he got money. She only she only like him. She she really want to marry his best man because Willie D from the Ghetto Boys was was one of my groomsmen in my wedding, right? And and, and I'm sitting there like, what kind of sucker you think I am? You, is that something you would do? Are you that stupid that you would that you would not even take the time to figure out if the woman you want actually wants you back? Like, are you that much? Is that what happened to you? Like, is that what you chasing these 304s and, and you laying down with any raggedy hole with a big booty and, and putting yourself in dumb situations? You think I'm as unstrategic as you are? No, buddy. No, I, I don't play checkers. I'm not a, I'm not with y'all checker playing Negroes. I play chess, buddy. I, I play chess. I'm sorry, brother, but I, I think strategically about every decision that I make in my life. I'm a mathematician. Again, I know two plus two is equal to four. I think several steps ahead. How do you think that I was able to figure out how to do things that no black person that, that I know had ever done? How do you think I got through my PhD program sitting next to the smartest students on earth? Literally, I sat next to a girl who got the 10th highest math score in all of China. Like, How do you think I figured that out? By being dumb? And undisciplined, man, you are an idiot. Seriously, you you reveal how stupid you are when you make assumptions about the fact that I must be as stupid as you. You really think I'm going as a man who has options? You really think I'm going to go lay down with some crazy gold digger or some woman that that's just manipulating me and using me to get access to my stuff? You you you're, you're crazy, bro. What's wrong with you? You have to be strategic. Some of y'all dudes are not strategic. Any man, one way you could tell a sucker of a man who's who's made bad choices. Here's how you can identify the suckers. The suckers are the guys who sit around all day on their YouTube channel and all they do is complain about women. That's what they do. They talk all day about how women don't do this and women won't do that and women won't blah 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 and these women blah blah blah. Men like that that tells you everything you need to know about his situations. That tells you everything you need to know about his choices. That tells you everything you need to know about his life because i because men who make good choices don't have those problems men who can identify good women and sort them out from the bad ones they they don't have those problems they're like no i, I like my woman she's pretty she's loyal to me i i picked carefully right same thing is true with women the women who complain who are like black men all do this and black men all do that 
they're really talking about the men that they selected. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They're, they're talking about their men and their experience. That, that it reminds me of one time there was <laughs> one time when um there was a kid I mentored and we helped him move into his college dorm. And uh, there was another kid I knew from the city uh, who was telling him about the city. And when and, and she was a little older and she was giving him advice about the city and she was saying, well, when you come to when you when you in, when you in this city, you got to be careful. Don't go down here because you might get shot. Don't go over here because all the dope dealers live over here and you go over here. Then then, then you're going to get, you, you know, then, then bad things. happen. Don't go to no parties over there. And, and what she was doing that was really and he was sitting there kind of stunned because he's like, I'm just going to college. Like, I'm not trying to get shot or whatever. And what I realized is that she was speaking from her experience. She was always in the hood. She was always at, you know, around the gangbangers and the dope dealers. So that was, so when she sees the city, that's what she sees, right? But there are some people, like if you talk to somebody who's a lawyer and they see a city, they're seeing it from the perspective of an attorney. They're going to say, oh, well, the big law firm's over there and the other, the small law firm's over here and this law firm's crooked, right? They're seeing the world through the eyes of a lawyer. A doctor is going to figure, it's going to know where all the hospitals are located. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when, so I want, this is a little trick. When you listen to people describe reality, what they don't understand is that they're not describing reality from a universal standpoint. They're describing their reality. They're describing their experience. So when you are talking about how you view the world, think about it. Look at, look at how I look at the world. I talk about everything through the lens of finance. Every single thing that you show me, I'm like, oh, that's a, that, the economic implications of that are really big. Oh, oh no, don't do that because that'll mess up your money, right? Uh, because I'm a finance guy. I think about every, I see the economic implications of almost everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you follow what I'm saying. And so, so, so what I would say is that in general, um, I think that people that are trying to be uh, better human beings, those who are trying to make better choices, first of all, I applaud you tremendously. And I want to encourage you because I don't think that, that self-improvement is a popular idea in some circles in our community and in our society. I just don't, I don't think that um, everybody out here is really trying that hard to uh, make better decisions or end up in a better situation. I think that black victimhood is at an all-time high. I think that black victimhood is a national pastime. I think that black victimhood is the most popular sport in America, exceeding basketball, football, soccer, and tennis. I really believe that. I believe black victimhood is so ingrained in us that we will literally be on a slow moving train that we know is going to crash into another train. And this train's moving in slow motion and you have every opportunity to jump off the goddamn thing, but you don't jump off of nothing because your grandmama and your daddy and everybody in your family sat there on the train and watched in slow motion as this train crashed into another train and exploded. And they're in your sitting there and you're trained to sit here and not do anything. Literally, because you just think that that's the culture. That's the trapping of culture. That's how culture traps your subconscious mind. That's how deep it is, y'all. You're trapped by the culture. You are a slave. Most of us are slaves. You are programmed. You are programmed. You sit here and you say, well, that's the culture. You're picking crappy baby daddies. Well, that's the culture. 
catching STDs because I'm trying to have sex with every woman that moves. Well, that's the culture. Uh, ruining my children's lives by not even trying to keep my family together. Well, well, that's the culture. Broken families are the culture. Trauma is the culture. Being broke is the culture. Begging white people for opportunities. Well, that's the culture. Going to jail. That's the culture. So you, you so, 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 um, so really about maybe 30% of us <clears throat> have the ability and desire and the discipline to jump off the fucking train. It's not a complex thing. And I put my wife's URL up here. If you want to, my wife is a therapist. She works on this kind of stuff, family stuff, whatever. There are so many rules that you guys don't know about. <clears throat> a lot of us don't know about anyway, on how to keep your family together. That is ridiculous. There's so much research done on this topic that you can literally get by literally bringing your family together and saying, let's all pull our money together and invest in a therapist. Let's invest in somebody who's going to help us sort through our shit. Or we have the other alternative to do it by ourselves and try to figure it out on our own. Where next thing you know, some you know, cousin rerun got stabbed at, at, at Thanksgiving dinner because we're trying to talk it out and we can't because Uncle Willie talks over everybody and grandma don't want to listen or whatever. Well, if you get somebody that's in that room, like, like a therapist, they can be a good referee to make sure everybody gets heard and to make sure that everyone follows the rules of proper communication. See, well, you know, again, I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, you know, I'm married to my wife and I love the hell out of my wife, but don't tell her. But every day ain't a goddamn picnic. Every day is not a picnic. It's not, you know, and uh, and we have rules of communication, you know, and I know the rules. I know the four horsemen. See, she thinks I don't pay attention. But we we sat with the therapist. I learned. I read because I read. I like to read. You, you'd be amazed how much interesting stuff there are in books. And um. And I read uh, about the four horsemen of communication, four rules you never violate. The four horsemen of communication are um, uh, criticism, where <clears throat> you're criticizing the other person, contempt, just showing disdain and contempt for another person, um, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Those are the four horsemen. So when, when me and my wife get into a disagreement, I'll pull, I'll pull out the rule book. I'll be like... <clears throat> It sounds like you're expressing contempt to me, and I would encourage you to re restate your, what you just said. And, and you know, he said you should use I statements. You can't. You shouldn't be using you statements because you're being critical right now. <clears throat> and and because she knows these rules, she'll so she'll correct herself, right? And she can correct me too, right? So so the the truth is that a lot of the things that you <clears throat> think were irreconcilable differences in your life actually could have been solved if you'd actually had some help. So I encourage you to get some help, man. You know, and, and here's the thing. The reason you want to get help is that keeping your family together doesn't just make you happier. Sure, it makes you happier. It keeps you out the streets. You ain't got to go out here and deal with, you know, one stupid blind date after another. Eventually, that stuff gets old. You know, I'm serious. Like, if I was single, let's just be honest. I have money and stuff. It wouldn't be hard to find dates. Like, I, whenever I wanted to go on a trip, there was always some woman to be happy to fly to Africa or something, right? So, so that you know, yeah, that would be fun. But, but the thing is, even then, you're still sorting through all these people who don't really love you. You know, you're sorting through all these people that where you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're dealing with. You know, you're dealing with people that might have diseases. They might have baggage. Um, I knew a lady who dated a man for six weeks and he, she found out after six weeks that he was planning to kill her. He had got, he had tried to get a life insurance policy in her, like on her life because he was planning to murder her. I mean, this is a nightmare. This is crazy. You know, so so to me, 
you find somebody where you say, okay, you know what? Okay, this is the person I'm picking. When I pick my wife, I settled. I'm not gonna lie, I settled. Not and then now, now settling because settling to me does not mean I'm picking something that's inferior. Uh, settling to me does not mean that I'm simping to somebody. Settling to me does not mean that my wife is just is not a great choice. No, settling means that that once I picked her, I stopped looking. Once I picked her, I stopped spending time wondering like what else is out there. Once I picked her, I picked her. So when I have a problem, I turn toward her. When I when I have an issue, I work it out with her. When we have a problem, I sit down with her and I say, okay, you and I created this family thing. We got the kids looking at us, trying to, you know, and we become kind of the neighborhood parents to some extent because unfortunately we, so many of our kids, they, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll bring their friends by and their parents are acting like fucking children and, and, and all this other stuff and going through all kinds of, I'm not making fun of anybody because everybody's got issues. So I'm not making fun of anybody, but, but I told my wife, I said, you know what? I love the black community and I really want the children of the community to feel like they can come to this house and find some stability. I, I, I take pride in being a man that is the head of a household that is a stable household. You know, I, so I'll even stand down in, in, in a disagreement to maintain that stability, right? I will submit to not so much submitting to a person, but I submit to the idea. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, so so go go to the internet. If you want to see what I'm talking about in terms of the toxicity level, go to the internet and just ask, do you think that a, a woman should submit to her man? Do you think a man should submit to his, 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 his spouse? What do you think? And look at the crazy responses that you'll see. People don't want to submit. I, su I love submitting. I submit to, uh, the, to the goal. The goal is, we got a kingdom here and I want this thing to be solid and stable because I care more about the children than I care about my ego. I care about the, the kids in the neighborhood. I like being the neighborhood dad that's going to give them encouraging words and some guidance and advice that's going to make their life better. This makes me reflect and almost fantasize about what the black community used to be when you had solid men in the community. I like that. I take so much pride in that, and I'm submitted to that idea. I'll sacrifice for that idea. I'm willing to put my ego to the side if that means that this is going to help us maintain the stability of this kingdom that we're trying to build. I'll invest in that, right? So 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 the question is here's the question I would ask anybody in here. Anybody in here that loves black people, anybody in here that loves your kids, anybody in here that loves yourself, anybody in here that wants to find happiness, peace and stability in their life. My question to you is this. What are you willing to submit to? And it can't just be your boss. Some of y'all will submit to your boss before you submit to your marriage. And that is an absolute shame because your boss don't give a damn about you. Some of y'all will submit to Joe Biden before you'll submit to a black woman. Some, some of y'all will, will, will submit to <laughs> the Democratic and Republican Party. You'll submit to you'll submit to money. You'll submit to weed. You'll submit to thugging. You'll submit to sex. You'll submit to all the to drugs, liquor, whatever. You'll submit to all these things before you submit to the things that actually matter. So I would say, what is the big goal? What is the big idea you're willing to submit to? Maybe some of you will submit to God, which I think is good, but you got to know the difference between submitting to God and submitting to the pastor. 
some of y'all really just submitting to the pastor. That's why pastors get so much sex because all these women somehow put him on this weird pedestal and they want to all sleep with him. And then that creates chaos because some of these pastors are crazy hoes. That's what they are. They, they use the pulpit as an opportunity for them to get more vagina and they work extremely hard to keep black women single and lonely so that they can have all the women to themselves. This is not just true in Christian faith. This is true with the Mormons. This is true with a lot of religions. Go look at the Mormons. The Mormons are crazy. Not, not all of them, not all of them. I'm not talking about all Mormons, but, but the, the, old school Mormons, the ones that would have uh, every all the people on the reservation and you'd have some guy that has like 20 wives and, and 57 kids. What check this out. Here's how crazy it is. This is this is this is just the debauchery of men, because um, a lot of stuff comes down to sex, to be honest with you, that what they would do is when the boys would get to be like 12 or 13, they'd hit puberty and they start liking girls. They run the boys off the 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 uh, the plantation or the reservation or whatever the hell they call it the compound they they push the boys out but if the girls get to be get to puberty and they want to leave they'll chase the girls down they don't let the girls leave but they want the boys out of there so they and this is just basic male competition this is males not wanting competitors around so they can keep the women to themselves I think this happens in the black church. I'm going to tell you the truth. I really believe this. And it doesn't happen with all black churches. I'm not here to disparage every church. I'm not here to say every church is evil or bad. That's not true because there's thousands of them. The black church does a lot of good in the world, but sometimes you have pimps in the pulpit. Sometimes, you know, you have church, you have pastors out here, got eight babies, mamas, you know, 14 you know, kids in the, in the congregation, whatever. And it's, it's really, honestly, it just comes down to, you know, the male instinct for, for sexuality. I don't think there's necessarily anything criminal about that per se, but I think that the women unfortunately fall victim to that because you're sitting here listening to some man tell you who, what man you should pick. I think that's a very dangerous uh, move. I think it's a very dangerous thing to do. Don't let uh, don't let that, that pastor. He's like, well, you shouldn't pick a man if he don't come to church and he don't put money in the collection plate. No, I, I think you should pick a man that loves you. I think you should pick a man that adores you. I think you should pick a man that honors you. And I don't think I also here's another little tidbit. Just my two cents. Um, I don't think you should just pick a person based on whether you like them. I think you should also pick them based on whether they like you. Those are two different things. Sometimes you can get some access to somebody that you really like, but they don't really like you that much. You're there. They're they're, you know, they're your number one draft pick, but you're not their number one draft pick. Maybe you're number six on the list. Right. So then what occurs is that you're devoting all of your energy, giving all of yourself to somebody who does not have the ability or desire to give you all of themselves. Right. They're not, they're not putting you on the pri- priority list like that. The guy who really admires you and adores you to be quite frank, I, I, I believe tends to be the guy in the friend zone honestly honestly i and again again i you know i don't know my wife says she never put me in the friend zone she says i never just asked her i just never asked her out um uh, you know i didn't know I, I i had no idea but the the reality is that um you know one one test that i had with 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 when i got married was i was like i wonder if my admiration for this woman is going to cause her to disrespect me because i don't tolerate disrespect i don't like that and uh, and so in order for me to choose this woman, because I, I had options, there were there were women out there. Um, I had to make sure that you were really into me as much as I'm into you, because if there's an imbalance there, you're going to have problems. You don't want to, to pay attention now when you're in a relationship, you're in the ring a lot, like just back and forth. There's a lot of power struggles and conflicts and dynamics. 
And the worst prison in the world is to constantly be negotiating with somebody who just doesn't give a shit. You're going to lose every argument. You're going to lose every battle because what's going to happen is that somebody's going to have to make the sacrifice to keep the relationship together. And you're going to be the one always constantly making the compromises and making the sacrifices. But if you pick somebody that really, really adores you and also another thing, if they really value family the way you do, then you'll both struggle and sacrifice to keep the relationship going. You'll both say you'll both you'll you'll find somebody much more willing to compromise, much more willing to adjust, much more willing to grow. So, you know, I really would want to even tell women like sometimes, you know, some of these guys you may want to write off because they're in the friend zone. If that guy really admires you, I believe he's willing to go the extra mile to be with you. Like he's willing to, you know, he's willing to change. He's willing to adjust. He's willing to whatever. And, but then also I think training is important in addition to desire, right? Like I could desire to run a marathon all day, but if I've never trained to run a marathon, I'm not going to be a very good marathon runner. And so, so I, so I would look at the background, like, like you know, just, I, I can even, I'll use myself as an example. It's a little weird because the internet's crazy, but um, you know, my wife, it turns out my wife's father had the exact same profession as me. You know, he was a college professor like me. So that affected the fact that she chose me because she got hit. She was she's a gorgeous. My wife's I think my wife's fine. I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all might get mad about it, but I think my wife is gorgeous. And um, and she had a lot of interesting men hit on her. She had access to the, the NBA players. She had access to the NFL players. She had access to the millionaires. She had access to the dope dealer with the big gold chain and, you know, in the Mercedes Benz. She didn't want all of that. She wanted the guy who was smart. Well, why is that? Well, because her father was smart. So her vision of manhood, which starts with your dad, came from this idea that if he ain't smart, I'm not interested in a man like that. Right. So so what I, I would say to you is that if your image of manhood or your image of womanhood does not consist or it's not consistent with what you actually want, right? If your opposite sex parent is not the kind of person you'd want to be with or marry, then you probably need some intentional work to, to help you deviate away from your natural inclination, which is going to be to pick somebody just like your dad or pick somebody just like your mother, right? Seriously, that, 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 that's a big curse that a lot of people fall into. So, um, I'm, so I, I know I said a lot today and I didn't even plan on saying all this. I just start talking and, and just things come out. And I hope that this conversation helps you because I'm really just trying to help. I know sometimes I say stuff wrong or I'll say something stupid or say something mean. And I don't want to be mean. I'm not, I don't want to be mean. I don't think I'm stupid. Um, and I, I just want to help, you know, because I uh, the thing about it is that there's a lot of pain in our community. And I think that we put each other in a lot of pain. I think also that we uh, because we refuse to deal with our trauma and fix it, uh, that becomes a problem. Uh, I would also, just as another quite uh, little tiny little foot, footnote, um, I would also be more willing to be in a relationship with somebody who's willing to grow, right? So maybe one test, if you're considering dating somebody, is is to ask them, you know, how do you feel about things like therapy? Uh, if, they, if, they, if they're very much against it and not willing to consider it, I don't know if that would be a person I'd want to be with, especially if they have issues they have to work through. And the other thing, too, is I think asking them their, their history and perspective on family. I, I think that that's, that speaks a lot. You know, I I was I wanted to get married because my father got married. You know, I did not feel like like I could be an adequate man if I didn't take responsibility for a family. 
And, uh, you know, and I didn't care. I didn't want to have more kids, you know, so I was very happy that Alicia had three kids. I it was an honor. It's an honor to raise those kids. I love those kids. Those kids are awesome. You know, it's 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 uh, it's one of the greatest thrills of my life. And uh, and I was very disappointed to see how many black men who were somehow misled into believing that that it can't be an enjoyable experience. I, I feel bad for those guys. I'm like, well, what, what, what is, what else, what is life going to be for you? Well, weed and liquor and hoes and video games and porn. Like what, like what, what, where's your meaning? Where's your, where's your purpose going to come from? Right. Uh, and so, but then again, that's my preference. That's my bias. Right. But I also think that that makes me a good man. Right. So I think that for women, pick you a good man, you know, pick you a man that's good. That thinks that way, pick a man that's going to look at your child and say, I'm happy to be around that child. Don't pick a man who's like, I hate kids. <laughs> like that a man like that does not deserve to be ever in your bedroom. Like you have a man in your bedroom who hates your children. Like that, that's a recipe for disaster. You're you're torturing your child at that point. You know, so so that's that's what I believe. That's my two cents. And and uh and again, I know people ain't gonna agree, but it's okay. You're you're in a bad culture. So uh, I expect at least half of all people to not understand where I'm coming from. And it's not because I'm right. It's just because that's the, the dastardly world we live in. And uh, I just want you to find your way to happiness. And also just speaking on a purely financial standpoint, uh, let me just say this. If you don't protect that family and maintain that institution, your wealth will suffer and it will suffer immeasurably. If you want to see evidence of this, Go ask any man with, you know, four or five babies, mamas, how he's doing financially. Go see how, you know, if he's if he's doing well or if he's struggling, if he's got financial security or if he's living paycheck to paycheck, if he's feeling good about life financially or feeling bad about life. I guarantee you nine times out of 10, he ain't in a good place. Uh, also, uh, go talk to any single mom with multiple kids whose father where the fathers of those kids are not paying child support. Ask her. Just say, you know, especially let's say she's over 35 or 40. Ask her, what's your dating life like? What's it like going on dates? Are you enjoying that or is it a, is it tough? Uh, ask her, uh, how are you doing financially? Are you feeling secure and strong or or, or is it a struggle? And uh, and I guarantee you that nine times out of 10, it's going to be a struggle. Right. Um, but one thing I can tell you is, you know, um, my wife and I are struggling, you know, because we got, I got I got a teammate, you know, when the bills come in. You know, if, if if I don't if I don't have extra money, she does. If she doesn't have extra money, I do. If we go out to dinner, if I don't want to pay the check, she'll pay it. You know, and and we just you know, and we we work together. So uh, economics is a team sport, people. It's a team sport, and uh, don't let these folks train you, like teach you to do everything by yourself. You know, uh, get you teammates, but then also learn how to manage those teammates. It's, even in business, when you build a team and you start delegating to a team. There's specific leadership training that they suggest you get to learn how to manage a team. So the same thing should be true in your family life, which is much more important than business. When you get a team, your teammates are your, your partner. It's the kids. It might even be your cousins and grandma and them. Learn how to manage your teammates so that you can be effective as a group. And that starts with things like therapy and stuff like that. OK. All right. So anyway, that's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening. Uh, my book is The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, you can get a copy. And also, in fact, uh, for the next 24 hours, you can get 75 percent off everything in my store. Uh, all you know, all my books, my book bundles. The, we have flashcards for kids uh, to teach them finances, things like credit, real estate, uh, investing, etc. Uh, also, uh, my wife's books are actually 
actually at drboysbooks.com. So if you want to get the discount for 24 hours, just go put it, use the code um, uh, Black Friday 2023, all one word, Black Friday 2023. You literally would get 75% off anything that you want in the store. So this is your day. So feel free to go uh, drboysbooks.com, Black Friday 2023. So please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, and also if you want profit alerts or um, anything sent to you via text that can help you financially, uh, just text the word stock to 31996. Um, every couple of days, I'll send you guys uh, a stock that I'm buying. Um, it's not investing advice, but it's me just sort of uh, sharing what I can share that's going to help you to get where you want to get to money-wise. So text the word stock to 31996. And feel free to also follow this podcast on Spotify or Apple. Just look up my name and you can find me there. All right. So anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. It was real. And I'll see you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Word.